Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's great to uh, see you at our online digital service today. Remember, we're Arena Church, one church in multiple locations and uh, there are churches uh, in the Arena Church family that are opening today, but I am so pleased that you are with us today online and uh, you're going to hear a great message. If it's your first time with us today, we really do give you a wonderful, warm welcome. We would just encourage you to connect with your hosts who are on chat and they can help you with any questions you may have. I asked a few weeks ago for any funny stories to come through and this is, was sent through from uh, one of uh, favorite ministry uh, couple of mine in Arena Church and they sent me this really, really funny story. It made me laugh, so I hope it makes you laugh too. But there was a little boy who went to his dad and he says, Dad, I want a little brother. So his dad said to him, well, you better pray about it then. So he prayed for one month and nothing happened. Prayed for two months, nothing happened. He prayed for three months, but still nothing happened. So he just quit praying. About six months after that, his dad took him to the hospital and pulled the curtain back and there was a baby brother. His dad said, hold on. He pulled back the curtain a little further. Another baby brother. And then he pulled by the curtain again, even further. Another baby brother. His dad said, aren't you glad you prayed? He said, yes, but aren't you glad I stopped after three months? That is funny. I want to say that is really, really funny. And anybody here today, who has been praying about anything, can I encourage you to keep persisting in prayer. Today our series over these last few weeks has been about great comebacks. The phrase that I've really tried to lay into the life of the church is, the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. I ask you to commit to memory two particular verses in the Bible. And one of those is found in Proverbs 24, 24, verse 16. Do you remember it? And it says this, For those who love God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but over they will continue to rise over and over again. You see, there are challenges, there are setbacks that come to all of us, but it's about getting up again and moving forward in the power of God. We've had the joy of addressing a number of particular illustrations around uh, big setbacks. You know, we looked at the lady with the issue of blood. We looked at David and his willful sinfulness and how it was self-inflicted. And then last week too, our teaching pastor Phil, he, he spoke about what happens when you're in the will of God and you still suffer. Setbacks, great messages. But today I want to take you to a character in the Bible. And if you've ever been to Sunday school or you, you learned religious education at school or you've had a church background, you'll be familiar with this person. He's not obscure. He's one of the uh, Jesus' disciples and his name is Peter. Now for all you men out there, and I'm so grateful that we have lots of men that come to Arena Church, and also lots of women that come to Arena Church, and lots of boys and girls and students, which is great. But for those men out there, you need to understand Peter was a man's man. He was impulsive, he was brave, he was strong, and he was larger than life. You know, there are two stories that tell me this, because 
when they came to arrest Jesus, he pulled his sword and he took a swing at the soldier's ear and cut off his heel, his ear when Jesus was being manhandled. Such bravery. He was the one when he saw Jesus walking on water and he says, if it's you, you know, tell me to come. And he stepped out of the boat and begins to walk. What a man. But he also had multiple setbacks. There are many accounts where Jesus chastised him because of the things that he was saying. Of course, when he stepped out on water, he began to sink in despair because of a lack of faith and he was doubting. Of course, Jesus addressed him and said, we don't use violence when he cut off the ear of the soldier. But he came back from every one of those setbacks. Jesus was one of the favoured disciples out of the three that Jesus particularly had a lot of time and attention with. He was prominent and he was clearly and dearly loved. But there is a point in history, in the Bible history, when you have to fear for Peter's future. Because the last few days before Jesus is hung upon a cross, we see the biggest setback of all. Now, interestingly, all four gospel accounts, and when I talk about the gospels, I'm talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. And by the way, we haven't said this for many weeks. If you'd like a Bible, please click on the screen. We can get a Bible to you, or you can download the YouVersion app, and you can get all the Bible there for your enjoyment. And all four gospel accounts... Write this story that I'm going to be addressing into the Gospels. It's interesting that not one of the disciples wrote it out. None of them gave him a break. They all put his biggest setback for everybody to read throughout of history. So I honestly think that we should give careful attention to this story. So let's pick the story up, shall we? In Mark 14, verse 27. Jesus told them, speaking of the disciples... He said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That is speaking prophetically of his, resurre- of, his, of his death on the cross and the resurrection. Verse 28, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. But Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. What a statement. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Now I want you for a moment just to jump with me up to Mark 14 verse 66. Because Jesus has now been arrested by the soldiers. He's now in the courts with the Sanhedrin who were trying him. And this is where we pick up the story. Because at that moment, the disciples were scattered and we see Peter. You see, it says in in verse 66, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, She closely looked at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, 
she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. After a little while, while those standing near to, said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. And he began to call down curses. And he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. And verse 72, immediately the, cruce, the rooster crowed the second time. And then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the crooster, rooster, crooster, before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And Peter broke down and wept bitterly. This could have been the end for Peter. He wept bitterly and he disappeared into the night. Now, the Gospels of Matthew and Mark don't give Peter another mention from this story. Luke only says that Peter went to Jesus' tomb and found it empty. Only John, the beloved John, in his gospel, he begins to explain the full extent of the restoration after his failure. Let me take you to that account, if I may. John 21. And then I want to make some points. There's been a lot of Bible, but that's not a bad thing because it tells you the story of the setback. And John 21 records how Peter, because of his setback, he went back to what he knew, fishing. And they find him on the water, but he couldn't even catch a break there because he couldn't catch a fish, he records. He was out all night, but he caught nothing. And he was a skilled fisherman. He was only when Jesus said, throw your nets over to the other side, that his fortunes changed. And he recorded in the gospel there that there were 153 fish in a huge hall. Let me just make this statement here. That is a symbol of Peter, what he was going to do in his future. Even there we see a picture. This was not going to be something that Peter was going to do naturally. He was going to go and fish men. And it was a huge haul. Peter's future was going to be great in God. And when Peter recognized that it was Jesus who was telling him, he jumped out of the boat and he swam to shore, and he wanted to get to Jesus. And he sees that Jesus has prepared a meal, a meal of restoration. And in John 21, verse 15, it reads, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. What a powerful encounter. And I don't know whether you've read this story before and really didn't really understand it. But I want to help you through this message to really understand what this powerful encounter was made of. But I want to tell you before I go there, the story doesn't end there. Because 
Peter does what Jesus tells him to do after this powerful encounter on the seashore with Jesus. This weak man who knew an incredible, the biggest setback of all at Jesus' most difficult time, he crumbled under pressure when his master was arrested. He disowned Jesus and now he was restored. But he was sent to Jerusalem. And a few days later, he was filled with Holy Spirit power as they waited, a group of them waited in Jerusalem in the posture of prayer. And Peter, from that setback, goes on to preach, not one, not two, but three incredible sermons in the opening chapters of the book of Acts. The first preachers on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and he declared boldly to a crowd that Jesus is the Messiah. And 3,000 people were converted in that one day. Wow, this is an incredible setback story. And now we see part of the comeback of Peter. Second, Peter preaches a message in Acts chapter 5. There's an incredible miracle that takes place at Solomon's colonnade where they gathered to worship. And he preached a sermon of repentance. And 5,000 people in one day were saved. Amazing. And then we see later, thirdly, after Peter and John were arrested and brought before the high priest, Peter bravely defended his faith in Christ and told the elders, there is salvation in no one else. Three denials, three affirmation of Christ's love, three forgiving statements of Jesus, three courageous sermons defending Jesus in the face of opposition. I hope you can see the correlation. Three, three, three. I want to come back to this because it's an important number that I want to help you to understand a little bit more about. But Peter's story that I've documented is my story, and it's your story too. Because we all need to know that the risen Saviour is willing to welcome us back, even when we have disappointed Him, have been disloyal, and have gone back to old ways. Am I speaking to anybody today? He is faithful, even when we are faithless. And there's a bit of Peter in all of us, because we're weak in the face of temptation, We've dropped the ball too many times. We've allowed fear to paralyze us. And we have overpromised and at times underdelivered. And maybe you've even kept a spiritual scorecard to remind you how many times you have failed. And you may have assumed that God's grace had reached its limit. So this message is for those, get this, who are in a setback, have turned back, are tempted to run back, who are retreating back, and others who are keeping back from years of pain, hurt, and disappointment. May I remind you, firstly, point number one, there is always a way back. There is always a way back. It must have greatly increased the grief of Jesus to know that while he was enduring untold indignities, 
His most prominent disciple was denying him with oaths and curses down at the lower hand of the hall. This must have cut Jesus to the quick. And I can't imagine that any of the tortures that Jesus endured from the soldiers could have ever caused him so much pain as the wicked denial by one of his closest friends, Peter, to be denied, to have the disloyalty of close friends is so painful. But here we see, after the resurrection, on the beach, Peter eventually realized that Jesus was repeating himself three times in order to intentionally apply forgiveness to his three denials. There were three denials. There were three statements of forgiveness. And as I drove into the text, recurring, this recurring number of three, I want to tell you, the number three is used, just a little bit of a lesson for a moment, but I'm getting somewhere with this point. It's used 467 times in the Bible. And this number, and I don't want to take us somewhere where we're not meant to go and try and read too much into the text, but this number speaks of completeness. Number three speaks of completeness. Jesus prayed how many times in the Garden of Gethsemane? Gethsemane, three times. How many disciples were left sleeping? Three. He was placed on the cross on the third hour of the day. There were three hours of darkness from six till the ninth hour. And Christ was in the grave three days. Three is the number of resurrection and the completed work of Jesus. And he completed his work. And he is completing and bringing to completeness in Peter's life what he has begun. The point that I want to make is this. There is always a way back. And God is interested in your life. And you may have had three setbacks. You may have had more. But God is into bringing completeness into your life. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you. Will carry it on to completion. Until the day of Jesus Christ. I have said before a few weeks ago that there is a work that God has begun and he will bring it to completeness. He is completing his work in you. As I speak down the camera, there are people watching me and you are saying there is no way back for me. I am lost. I am buried. I'm, I'm despairing. I'm disappointed to God. I'm a disappointment to my family. And I want to tell you, God is completing his work in you. He is the God of the first, the second, the third, the fourth chances. In fact, he's the God of many chances. Can I hear an amen? Can I raise a hallelujah? He is. And the comeback was on. There is always a way back. And Peter understood this. The comeback was on. Peter's story also reminds me, get this, that your future is greater than your past. That your future is greater than your past. This setback, let's be honest for a moment. Peter was needed to be humbled. He was a proud, he was a loud, he was a brash individual. He was always the first to speak. He didn't have any filter. He had no emotional intelligence. He just blabbed it out. 
And Jesus saw it in him, but still loved him in spite of that. But he knew that he needed to be developed and he needed the, the rough edges to be rubbed off him. He knew that God wanted, Jesus needed to do a deep work in him. And it came to the point where Peter moved from this individual that he was into now being humble before God. And his love for his saviour was more important to him than being first. You know, Peter, for the very first time, I think, understood that his future was greater than his past. And he wrote these words to the church in his later years. As I've been studying the life of Peter over this last week, I've also been studying his books that he wrote, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And this is what it says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. He was no longer a fisherman. Not that there's anything wrong with being a fisherman, but his destiny was to be a weapon in the hand of God. God had ordained him to be a preacher of his word, a shepherd of his sheep. He thought his ministry days were over. But I want to tell you again that your future is greater than your past. And this revelation came to Peter of who he was. He was a son of royalty. He was a child of the most high God. Now I'm the son, the second son of Mary and Dave Thorpe. But I'm also part of the family of God. I'm grafted into the family of heaven. I'm adopted by the heavenly father with all the privileges and all the advantages of being a son of God. And if you have put your faith in Christ as a son and a daughter, you're not just a son and a daughter of somebody who gave birth to you and you were conceived, but you are also the son and daughter of the most high God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are somebody who belongs to God. Now, it would have been enough for Peter to just know, can you get the story for a minute? I've messed up my biggest setback of all for everybody to see. The disciples are all talking about it. They're all writing about it. I'd just be happy to know that I'm forgiven by God and that, forgiven by Jesus and that's enough. But it wasn't enough because there was the commissioning that took place for Peter to shepherd his sheep. I've already mentioned it just a moment ago. But from this setback, he became a preacher. From a denier to a preacher. What a headline that would be. What a headline. And there's many people in and around Arena Church who've got questionable passes, pasts. They've done all kinds of things in their lives. But I want to tell you, they've gone from a sinner to a saint. They've gone from somebody who, who, who was displeasing to God. The things that they did displeased God. But now they are a lover of God. Oh, it's wonderful. The transformational change. We need to understand that our, that our, that our, our, our past don't need to hold us back. We need to move away from our setbacks. And we need to walk into our future with God. I love this because as I've said, Peter preached some outstanding messages 
with thousands of people coming to faith. Oh, that God, you would deliver us, do that again. That you would come again in the power of your spirit. That you would cause preaching to draw thousands to your name. I even pray that through our broadcast, through the campus pastors, through the ministry activities, through our student ministries, through our kids' ministries, that we would literally see thousands upon thousands of people come to faith. And this is what happened in Peter. But also it's remarkable transformational change because he says in Acts chapter 5 that even, even his shadow that fell on the sick, read it for yourself in Acts 5 verse 15. It says this, in fact when people knew what Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and they laid them on mats and they knew that the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Oh my goodness, what a remarkable, remarkable comeback. Remember, the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. Don't you tell me today that your life is a mess. Don't you tell me that you are lost and you are forgotten and you are despairing. I want to tell you, if you will put your trust in God, if you will come back to God like Peter did, humbly bowing down at the feet of Jesus, then I want to tell you that you can have an assurance that the years that the locusts have eaten will be restored to you. I've seen it so many times. People who have lived all kinds of lives now, God is unable to redeem time. Time is continuing to run through, but he's able, to, he's able to redeem the years that are ahead. What I mean by that, he is able to do so much more in our days than we would do on our own. He's able to do in 24 hours in the power of the Spirit that we're able to do in 24 years. That's what happens when we put our trust in God. And I want to speak over the church today. Those who are saying, oh, the church is gone, it's finished, it's buried. You know, this COVID has killed it off. I want to tell you, the Bible tells me in the Old Testament that runs through into new, that the future glory of the church will be greater than its past glory. God is building His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. Let me add something else to there. And often the larger the impact is true. The larger the impact. So as I close, how do I get this comeback? How do I get this comeback? If you're here today and you're asking that question, oh, I so want my life to be different. I want it to, to be changed. I want to get this comeback that you're saying he's promised me from Jesus. Well, let me answer that by saying anyone can change, but only Christ can transform. Anyone can change, but only Christ can transform. What do I mean by that? Well, I again speak to people, they change their image, they change their jobs, they, they change their hair, they stop smoking, they stop drinking, they get fit, they lose weight. And they're all good things. But that's a change. Often on the outward. But only God can change you and transform you inside out. So my last point from the life of Peter, looking at his setback, is this. To receive this new future, 
You have to love the one who holds the future. I need to say that again. To receive this new future, you have to love the one who holds the future. Peter's future was not sparkling outside of Christ. It was only when he came and he said he was sorry. We don't get it there, but he was just, he would have fell at the mercy of God. And God lovingly, Jesus lovingly restored him on that sandy beach. You see, the comeback that you are looking for is rooted in Jesus. It's rooted in Jesus. And we have to stay at the feet of his mercy. Peter confessed his true love when he says, Jesus, you know I love you. And he was getting a little bit, not irritated, but upset by it the third time. But like I said, there were three denials and three statements of forgiveness. And Peter confessed his true love and devotion to Jesus and he was restored. I wonder if Peter wrote this verse in the book of Peter, 1 Peter 2 verse 10. Whilst thinking of this encounter, I like to allow my imagination to run wild, wild a little bit. And I think, what was, he, what was he thinking when he wrote this verse? Because this is what Peter wrote to the church. He said this, once you had not received mercy, in verse 10, but now you have received mercy. Let me give you from another translation. He writes this, at one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. Peter understood. Peter understood to receive this new future. He needed to love the one who holds the future. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a very well-known preacher of another age, around this story said this, I think that Peter's fall and restoration are fully recorded to set forth the greatness of our Redeemer's saving power in the immediate prospect of his cruel death upon the cross. It is not too wonderful to think that before he dies, he restores this great backslider. I can, in my imagination, see poor Peter bending before the cross of Calvary and looking up through tears of grief and joy as he mourns his great guilt and sees it all forgiven. Oh, friend, your sins, if you will put your trust in Jesus, if you'll receive the mercy of Jesus, the Bible tells us that your sins will be washed clean. You will know the purity and cleansing power of Christ. You won't just know his cleansing, but you will know his repurposing. You will know that you have a future in God. That is our story. That is our message from Arena Church. There is a way back from your setback and God is calling you to himself. I don't know about you, but for me, Peter, this is my story too. And I get, and I understand the merciful nature of God and I receive his mercy and forgiveness again. This offer of salvation and a new future is yours today. God can make the rest of your life be the best of your life. And that's a word for somebody today. God can make the rest of your life 
the best of your life. As I draw it to a close, this message series of great comebacks was designed on purpose to encourage a strong comeback to in-person church. But as I've reflected more and more, I feel the true message of this series is found within people's battles, setbacks and failures. And for you to know, there is a comeback to all who call on his name. I wonder if you'd call on him today and put your trust in him and watch what God does with your life. I wonder if you'd join with me in prayer today. Father, I thank you today. This message, the great comeback. Wow. And we see a man by the name of Peter who had so many setbacks and yet the biggest setback of all, I think he thought he was finished. But that was not the end. For you again spoke forgiveness and mercy and grace to this man. And whilst I'm on the broadcast today, there are people who are reaching out to you. They're needing your mercy and your forgiveness. They're needing hope in their hearts. And I pray that they would put their trust in you. While we continue to pray, guys, for those who are saying, I want to put my trust in Jesus. I need a great comeback in my life. I need to once again come back to him. My setback is not going to hold me back. I'm going to walk into all that Jesus has for me. If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me today. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, from my heart, I thank you for your forgiveness and I receive it now by faith. I put my hope and my trust in you. Cleanse me, wash me, make me clean. And may I, like Peter, know the future that you have for me. May you do something incredible with my life. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to click on the screen where it says, raise your hand. I've given my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't delay. We've seen well over 150 people while we've been online who have put their trust in Jesus. And we celebrate with each and every one of you. And we just want to help you on the journey. Don't delay. But also I'm mindful there are people who are in setbacks who know the Lord. And I just want to simply pray for you that you too would be like Peter. You wouldn't allow that to hold you back. You would know that your future is greater than your past. Father, those who are in setbacks, those who have messed up, those who are in failures, those who are in their sinfulness, those who have been disloyal, disobeyed you. I ask Lord Jesus, by the power of your spirit, that you would reach down where they're watching this and you would minister to their hearts, that they would know that there is forgiveness too for their lives and they would know that their future is greater than their past. Restore and heal, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now next week, I will conclude this tremendous series and I'm going to do so by telling the greatest comeback story of all time in all of history. 
And I am very, very excited to be able to do that. So please can I encourage you to join us next week again as we continue this series of the great comeback. Remember, the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. I love you. I'm praying for you. And I believe in you. God bless you guys.